is a country beyond that which is known to humankind. A stray country. A country that exists west of October. Whose borders are somewhere between midnight train whistles and the distant hell of a dog. A country that lies somewhere in the stitched and jittering static between radio stations. A country that drifts through America like a traveling salesman. But every now and then stops to nest on a small town. A small church. A single street. And maybe, just maybe, some kind of delayed radio broadcast you've stuffed in your ears. Chapter 25 The Antique Lent of Good Choir Men and Women The boys hid up in the crow's nest of the church. The choir seats behind the pulpit. The boys did not sit the seats. Did not want to be seen. They sat the ground and maybe the ground was better. Because it was the seats what had held the ends of saints who'd warbled their throats for Jesus. But it was the ground what had got all the songs spat off their tongues. So the ground was some kind of psalm-tuned junkyard. And the choir, the best members of the church, in these seats they had labored, standing Sitting, standing, sitting, sometimes four or five times in a service, and some of their goodness must have rubbed off, fallen out of pocket, down on the floor, never been swept up, and all that good deed dust cast from doers of good had to still be there. Not vacuumed up, and when sat on, would billow up like dust and coat the boys in the antique lint of good choir men and women. Jack's eyes looked wild. Billy's eyes looked wilder. They didn't dare to look. Didn't dare to peek their heads over the backs of chairs. They only had their ears to tell them what was happening in the front of the chapel. Listening, listening, listening. For the mock radio static that let them know a plastic bag was on the loose. For all the grit and spittle noise of a convict sizzling free in an electric chair. The chapel was quiet. Like someone had stopped drifting around the radio dial and shut the machine off. Yes. The chapel did not sound like a small radio station for the pulpiteer pastor. The chapel did not have the crack and pop of jailbird tears boiled to explosion. The chapel sounded like a Bible again, a shut 
Bible even, a remembered verse, memorized, not something that has to be found by the rustling of pages, something called up by heart, known by the bones. Yes, the chapel was that quiet, as quiet as a memorized Bible verse resting in heart. The boys wanted to look. The boys did not want to look. What harm could look and do? A lot. Plastic sacks did not have eyes, so they said, but they had been followed from Eddie's house. Hadn't they? How do you follow without eyes? Reading the road like braille, following boy whispers like fishing line, plastic sacks can't follow. It must be a different sack, yes, a different sack. There were eleven seventy bazillion identical sacks in the world. They all looked the same. They should see one wherever they went. But logic like that Sound as it was, ran counter to last week. Billy was shaking. Jack put a hand on Billy's shoulder like he was taking and about to whistle teapot off the stove. But Billy was not a teapot, and the thing making him shake was not a simple flame beneath him. But Jack's hand was the hand of an older brother, which is perhaps the most versatile tool known to man. Something used to scold or slap or pinch or tease or, God forbid, even hit. But also something as big as Jesus. Some kind of anchor to steady the world in its kindest moments. Something that makes a younger brother feel safer than a mother. An older brother's hand really was Christianity sewn up in tandem flesh. Half Satan, half Jesus. Playing both roles when young, usually picking one in time. Jack's hand felt a lot like Jesus. Better than Jesus. It was Jack's. And hadn't the pastor said it, some sermon, some Sunday, Jesus was the oldest brother. But Billy had somehow known claiming a title like that told him more about Jesus than the pastor had meant to reveal. That Jesus needed the title of older brother more than the title of Savior or Christ. Because older brother, now that actually meant something. Jack's hand rested on Billy's shoulder. Their eyes met. Jack's eyes looked like the plastic sack flew above him, making all the firecracker noise of a convict frying his way to freedom, all the lunatic jumble of between radio station bedlam, lurching high into the air like church bells jerked in the bell tower. Pitched high on the vast chapel air, like a throne. The sack's hefty bag shadow flapping out behind, so that it seemed a bold, black 
bat flying behind the white plastic sack hanging in the air, all static from old phonograph recordings, all black and white like old motion picture showings, falling, diving, dive bombing, coming for the boys, their heads, their lungs, mouth, agape, waiting to be plugged and suffocated. It was Jack who leaked the word. Jesus. It was less curse, more prayer. But the Lord must not have been taking prayers that day. Straight country, it scribbled and scratched up by me, Nicky Ink. The shallow tide of sound is done up by my brother. Come back to the country. Bring a friend. Shout about it from the steeples. Shotgun your voice to the far reaches of your phone. Ties and offerings can be proffered on my Patreon. Find directions at Street Country. .com See you in the country